Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he hath done. All the last now. Great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Let's turn around and shake hands and fellowship one with another. Now, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, 
the main stem word of prayer. It's good to have uh, the prodigal son home, Andy and Diane. Good to have them home tonight. Andy, you lead us in word of prayer. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Let's continue to sing. Page number 35, Come Thy Fount of Every Blessing, number 35. Come Thy Fount of Every Blessing to my heart to sing Thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Now we're going to hear my raise my Ebenezer on the second now. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the blood. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a better find my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to Prone to wander again. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, I'll take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering and let me remind you, your purpose in giving on Wednesday night is to support the Bible conference in the fall. And the reason we do it so far in advance is because we spend thousands of dollars every year to bring different ones in and give them a week away and to be with us. So you give tonight and the Lord will bless you for it. Father, we thank you for those blessed moments in our life that we could raise an hour Ebenezer. I ask you, Lord, that we'll never forget these wonderful things. Bless now our giving tonight. May, they re may our giving reflect how we feel for you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We're going to ask Brother Joe if he'll come and sing. I will meet you in the morning over there. I always enjoy hearing Mary Jo and Pat play and appreciate their ministry in this church. It's such a blessing to have them and to be able to hear them play. You know, the Lord tells us that um, even though the world sometimes, and we've heard these last couple weeks, I, I don't know about you, and I'm not going to get political, but I, it just it breaks my heart to hear people um, complain about men of God and stands they take and uh, I don't know Lord just have to give me strength to even vote sometimes I do because I think it's the right thing to do but Lord give us strength let's, pr let's really pray for and I, I know you probably do already pray for um, our leaders and pray for this coming election I just pray that God will do something for us and for our country um, that ha has nothing to do with what I want to share tonight in song, but anyway, that's been on my heart lately. Uh, Brother Rick was telling me about, just before service, about a prayer that God had answered, just kind of, it had to be answered by God because nobody else could do it. And I thought about this song that um, I know, and it talks about the Lord still speaking today, and I guess that's why I was thinking about this, about other people and what things are said about some people just don't believe that God can do anything God speaks anymore he's just way out there but I know God speaks to me I know God hears me when I speak to him the Bible tells us that uh, we know that God still answers prayer and that God can still speak he speaks through his word as we read it he speaks through men of God as they preach the word of God and break the word of life to us he speaks through counselors spiritual counselors and the multitude of counselors their safety he speaks through answered prayer. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it, it just amazes me that God and who he is can still speak to me. Uh, just really nobody, nothing, but he made me something because of Jesus Christ. And I just want you to think about that tonight, about God speaking to us as his children. He still speaks. Clamoring world, sometimes it's hard to hear the voice of God speaking to my soul. But in my quiet time alone, as I approach His holy throne, His tender words fall It makes me rejoice. 
Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bible to John 13. I appreciate that song. I never heard that before. That was a blessing, wasn't it? Amen. I'm glad he speaks, and I'm glad that he knows when to speak to us. And I'll echo Joe's words about our musicians. I appreciate our musicians, too. They do a good job, Mary Jo and Patty. We don't see Patty much, but we know she's over there. Amen. Someone visiting one time said, is that one of them organs where you program your music in? I said, no, there's somebody over there. You can't see her, but there's somebody over there. But I appreciate them. He's talking about uh, boating and whatever. On Sunday nights on C-SPAN, they have a show where a book review, and they have the author come on and different things, and they'll ask question about the book and the background and different things and whatever. Sometimes there's some interesting characters on there and whatever but a couple weeks ago might have been this past Sunday night they had a fellow on there that was uh, he was introducing his book and he was asking things but this was the title of his book if God wanted us to vote he would have given us candidates can I get an amen right there that's about the way I feel some of it amen I want us to think tonight about have you washed your feet lately 
I think about a fella that came to the altar one time. Fella had big feet. And this will give you an idea how big his feet was. And a man went down. He's a blind man. He knelt down and was praying with him and whatever and had his arm around his shoulder. And he said, Dear Lord, bless this dear man that has come to the altar. And then he kind of straightened up and he leaned back and his hand fell upon one of his feet, one of his feet there, and he felt the other and he said, And Lord, bless these two little boys that's come with him. Amen. <laughs> I heard about one fellow whose feet stunk so bad he put odor eaters in his shoes and he totally disappeared. Let's stand our feet. The book of John 13. I say all, this, all, all that say this. We need to wash our feet. Amen. And I want you to look in John 13 and just set before you a few thoughts tonight and uh, some words that our Lord used that I think is very interesting. John 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. Thank you. you may be seated. Let's pray. And I want us to look at these few verses tonight, and I want us to develop a thought from it, and then I'll set before you three simple little thoughts that comes to my mind when I think about the lesson that Jesus taught Peter here through the matter of washing his feet. Let's pray. Our Father, in Jesus' name, as we come to you, we thank you for this very, very precious portion of the Word of God. These sacred moments that we have in the upper room with Jesus and these very, very special moments that we have in the closing hours of our Lord's life. We're mindful tonight that these things are very, very important to us. And I pray tonight that as we look at this incident in the life of Peter, help us tonight to learn the lesson that Peter learned on this given night. Help us, Lord, to realize the need of dealing with sin in our life. Speak to our hearts now. Teach us your word. Help us to grow in it. And we'll thank you and praise you for it is in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Beginning in John chapter 13, you have a very, very special portion of the Word of God. This is that time when Jesus has withdrawn from the multitudes. 
You might say that he has publicly ended, or he's ended his public ministry, and he is now entering into a private time with his disciples just prior to his going away. It is a very private time. It is a very personal time. And it makes it a very, very special and sacred scene as you look at what Jesus had to say to his disciples during this particular night. You'll find that during this private, personal time, there were some disturbing times in that night. For example, verse 2 talks about Judas Iscariot, how that he would betray the Son of God, and even at this moment, it already entered into the heart of Judas what to do. And there were some disturbing times when Jesus revealed and made it known that somebody would betray him. And many of the disciples began to ask, is it me, is it me, who is it, whatever. There were disturbing times on this given night. But there were some delightful times on this given night. John 14 is one of those blessed chapters that is often encouraged our heart when Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And how many times have we found strength and comfort in what Jesus had to say? Some delightful times as the Lord shared with them some wonderful, wonderful promises. I think it was a delightful moment when Jesus told them, I'm going away, but I'm going to send another. I'll send the Comforter. And he will abide with you forever. It's like Jesus was saying, I've only been able to be with you about three and a half years, but I'm going to send somebody back, one just like me, that will be with you forever. I have been with you, but he will be in you. I think that was a very delightful moment in the life of the disciples. But it was also a directional. There were some directional moments on this given night. And when I say directional moments, I mean by that, it was a night in which the Lord gathered his 12 together and he wanted to share with them things prior to his death and his going back to heaven. And as he gathers them around him in this personal and private time, he begins to give them certain instructions and teach them some very, very important lessons. One of the first lessons that he taught them that night in John 13, in the beginning of the Passover dinner that night, was the matter of servanthood. And the story that we're looking at tonight, the really the basic uh, message of the story and what happened was that Jesus was teaching us how that we are to be a servant. You read in verse 3 and 4, or verse 4 and 5, that Jesus took a towel. Now this is the Son of God. This is God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, took a towel, and you find Him washing the feet of His disciples. You notice down in verse 15 and 17 that Jesus said, For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Now the lesson that Jesus, the primary lesson that Jesus was teaching is that every one of us are to be a servant. And that is, we are there. our life is to be marked by humiliation and our life is to be marked by submission. That we're to submit ourselves to God, to humble ourselves to God. We are to be a servant. If Jesus could be a servant, obedient and submissive to the Father's will, then we ought to be obedient and submissive to the Father's will. But in the process of teaching this wonderful lesson and giving this example of servanthood, Peter learned a very, very important lesson. Now John, who of course here, who records the event, 
He was impacted by what he learned that night and what he saw that night as well. The lesson was taught to Peter, but John picked up on it very quickly. For example, hold your place and turn to 1 John 1. And the book of 1 John 1, and I want you to mark that, for we'll turn back to it in just a few moments. But John recorded it, later stressed and emphasized the lesson that was taught to Peter on this given night. In John chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, the Bible said, If we say that we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, 1 John 1, 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. Now what John was saying in those few verses there uh, is really what Peter learned in John chapter 13. And again, John was the observer of the whole thing. He is the recorder of the matter. But not only did Peter learn an important lesson, but John was impacted by it as well. And in the days to come, he would emphasize the lesson that Jesus taught. Now, it all began when Jesus began to wash Peter's feet. And you notice in verse 7 and 8 that Peter began to protest Jesus washing his feet. Verse 7, Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do, or verse 6, he put verse 5, he poureth water into a basin. Then in verse 6, he cometh to Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt, in verse 8, thou shalt never wash my feet. Apparently, Jesus had already washed the feet of some of the disciples. And he comes to Simon Peter, and Peter begins to protest the matter. And I have to respect him in one sense. For Peter was saying, Lord, no, 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 not you. Don't you humble yourself like this to wash my feet. That is the role of an humble servant. But that was what Jesus wanted to get across that night. But Peter was saying, no, 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 Lord, don't you bend down and wash my feet. And then Jesus changed Peter's perspective about what was going on, and he changed his whole attitude about what was happening. And suddenly Peter went from protesting having his feet washed to pleading with Jesus not only to wash his feet, but to wash his head and his hands as well. You notice in verse 8 there, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet. For one minute he's protesting, having his feet washed, and then the next moment he's saying, Lord, wash me all over. Wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my head. Now what changed the whole thing? It has to do with what Jesus said in verse 8. He said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. You see that phrase, no part? You find it over there in the story of Mary and Martha. Martha was the busy one, but Mary was the one that sat at Jesus' feet. And you remember what Jesus said about Mary? She had chosen the good part. What he was talking about, Mary was in fellowship with the Son of God. Martha was the one that was busy, but Mary was the one that took the time to sit at the feet of Jesus and to fellowship with Jesus Christ. 
And when Jesus said, Thou shalt have no part with me, he is not meaning that you won't get to heaven one day. But what he's talking about is, Peter, if I do not wash your feet, you're not going to have fellowship with me. Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you're not going to be able to walk in fellowship with me and daily communion with me. And when Jesus made that statement, then Peter said, Lord, not only do I want you to wash my feet, but I want you to wash my hands. I want you to wash my head. Peter wanted to have fellowship. But he misunderstood something that Jesus was saying in the words that he used. You notice here in the words that he used, you find in verse 5 the word wash. In verse 6 the word wash. In verse 8 you find the word wash twice. In verse 10 you find the word washed and the word wash. And you find these words these several times here. And in the different words that he used, you have what is distinguished between relationship and fellowship. Now, you may have a relationship with God, but not have, a fellow, have fellowship with God. If you have been saved, you have a relationship. Nothing will alter that. And this is where many get mixed up that believe that you could lose your salvation. They fail to understand there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. You ever get saved with the grace of God, you are an eternal son of God. You'll never lose your salvation. But your fellowship can be broken. And you find this illustrated. Notice verse 5. You see the word wash there? Underline it for just a moment. Go down in verse 6. He said he began to wash his disciples' feet in verse 5. Verse 6, Lord, dost thou wash? Underline that word wash for just a moment. Verse 8, Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash. Underline that word wash for a moment. And then go on, Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not. Underline the word wash there. And then go down to verse 10. Needeth not say to wash his feet. Underline that word. Now those words are just pointed out. They're all the same word. And they are a word that mean to, that, a word that means to wash a certain part of the body or a part of the body such as Jesus was washing Peter's feet. He was not giving him a bath, but he was washing his feet. It is a word that talks about washing like you would wash your hands, or you would wash your feet, or you would wash your face. It is a word that speaks about washing a certain part of the body. But you notice in verse 10, Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed, that's a totally different word. The word that Jesus used there, he that is washed, is a word that means to bathe the body. It'd be like me and you climbing into the shower or climbing into the bathtub. It is a word that means to bathe all over. Now, Jesus was saying, now, he said to Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have fellowship with me. And Peter said, Lord, if that's the case, give me a bath. Wash my feet. Wash my hands. Wash my head. And Jesus said to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. Let me put it another way. He that has had a bath doesn't need to have a bath again, but he does need to wash his feet. You see what Jesus said to him? On the way to the upper room, wherever they gathered and where they come from, in those days, you know, the roads were dusty. They wore sandals. And so their feet would get dirty as they traveled. When you came into a home, someone would provide a basin of water for you to wash your hands and to wash your feet. And that's what Jesus was doing. And what Jesus was teaching here, and the difference in the usage of the words here, is that, Peter, if you've ever had a bath, 
then you never need to have a bath again. If you've ever been cleansed, totally cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ, you never need that cleansing again. Salvation is once and for all. It brings you into relationship with God. But there are times, in fact, every day of our life, even though we have been bathed or washed, I still have to wash my feet. I can get up in the morning, I take a shower every morning, and just like some of you do, and uh, well, I take a shower every morning, but throughout the day, I will, when I, I wash my hands over and over and over again, picky about my hands and whatever, shake hands with people, I'll slip off and wash my hands, keeps me from getting pneumonia and flu and jungle rot and all those kind of things, you know what I'm talking about. Very picky about that. But every time I shake somebody's hands or go somewhere like this or, and do these kind of things, I don't go back and take a shower again. I just wash my hands again. I don't need a shower. I need to wash my hands. And again, if you have been saved, you have a relationship, you have been washed, bathed, you never need that bathing again, but you do get your feet dirty. And you need to wash your feet. And what Jesus is saying, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you don't have fellowship with me. And what I'm saying to you tonight is, I'm going to give you three points in just a second. It's a long introduction. But what we have in the Christian life is if you have come to Christ and if you have been saved, then you're the Son of God. There, your sins have been washed away past, present, and future. You are eternally the Son of God. But every day of your life, as you walk through this dirty world, you get your feet dirty. And you have to deal with that grime. You have to deal with that defilement. You have to deal with that dirt. In other words, one of the things that I have to deal with every day of my life is sin. And every day in your life, you have to deal with sin. Now, I say all that to give you three things, and then I'll let you go home. Very quickly, and let me give them to you. Number one, I think about the fact of sin that we must discern. The fact of sin that we must discern. You see, what Jesus had to say to Peter reminds me that we do sin. I wonder tonight, how many perfect people do we have in the room? Would you raise your hand? Three. Well, that's not too bad out of this crowd. Say amen. But the truth is none of us are perfect. Every day of our life, we fail God. Every day of our life, we sin. I don't care how much you love God, how much you want to serve God, how close you want to be God to God, how hard you try to live for God, how dedicated and devoted you are to Him. Every day of your life, you fail. Sometimes you fail in the way you think. Sometimes you fail in what you say. Sometimes you fail in what you do. Every day of our life, me, you, every one of us, there is a fact of sin that we must discern. We must understand and realize that we do sin. Now look in 1 John chapter 1. In 1 John 1, you see that John reminds us that sin cannot be denied. We read it a moment ago in 1 John chapter 1. Look at it. 1 John chapter 1, he reminds us that uh, sin cannot be denied. He said in verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. John is telling us that their sin cannot be denied. It's a problem we all have. It's a problem we have every day. And John says if we say we have not sinned, we're a liar. He's very firm about the matter. 
But he not only tells us that sin cannot be denied, but in verse 6 and 7 in 1 John 1, he tells us that sin cannot be dismissed. For he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John tells me, for one thing, sin cannot be denied. To say I have not sinned, I am a liar. And he says, but not only that, but sin cannot be dismissed. That if I am going to have fellowship with the Son of God, I must deal with my sin. It's a fact. It's a fact in our life day by day by day. That leads me to the second thing. Now, the fact of sin we must discern, but the facing of sin we must demand. And that is realizing that every day I have a sin problem. That every day I fail God. Sometimes the sin's in what I do. Sometimes the sin is in what I do not do. Sins of omission, sins of commission is a fact. And understanding that, that I must put these daily demands upon my life that I am going to face sin in my life. In other words... As I walk through every day's journey, on, walk through every day on life's journey, my feet get dirty. I don't need another bath again, but I do need my feet washed. I need to face my sin, and I need to put these demands upon my life that every day I'm going to wash my feet. Now let me ask you something. Have you washed your feet lately? When was the last time that, I mean, that you just sat down and you really looked at your heart and you really come face to face with anything in your life that was wrong. It's a facing of sin that we must demand. Let me point out two things that will help you do that. For one thing, there's the daily prayer to make. The daily prayer to make. You remember what the psalmist said? We'll not take time to turn there. But in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, you remember what the psalmist prayed? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my way and see if there be any evil thing in me. You know what the psalmist was saying? It's a prayer that everyone of us ought to make every day of our life. Dear Lord, search me. Lord, I, have, I live in this world. Lord, I know that I have failed you. And Lord, and many times the sins are haunting sins and you know exactly where you failed God. But there are times we ought to come every day of our life and say, Dear God, would you search my heart? Have I said something today that does not please you? Has my mind wandered today? Has my mind been held captive to Christ? Or has it been held captive to my flesh? Have I today felt some ill will toward another? Or have I neglected you? Have I failed you in some way? Search my heart. It is a prayer to make daily. But not only a daily prayer to make, but may I suggest a daily procedure to take. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A daily prayer to make is search me. A daily procedure to take is to come every day and confess your sin before God. In other words, wash your feet every day. Don't let them crust up. Don't let them get so dirty, so filthy. Every day of your life, wash your feet. Come to God. Search me. 
And dear Lord, I come and I agree with you and I confess my sin, the facing of sin we must demand. And a third thing, the forgiveness of sin we must desire. Jesus said, Peter, I want it. you need to wash your feet. And Peter says, go right ahead. And the whole thing reminds us of the fact of sin we must discern, the facing of sin we must demand, but there's a reason for it. There's the forgiveness of sin that we must desire. We want to be right. We want to be clean. I think about a, a preacher friend up in North Carolina. I haven't saw him in a number of years. And when I was a young preacher, as a teenager, uh, he was... I, I lived in Boone. He pastored down in the Maiden, North Carolina area, about 60, 70 miles away. And I used to listen to him on the radio every afternoon. And I just really fell in love with this man. And he preached a lot of meetings and different things. And so every once in a while, I'd go with him to a meeting. And I remember two or three things that he often asked me as we would travel from place to place. He'd drive back and forth, and I'd ride down, ride with him, come back, whatever. But I remember it was, it was not unusual to be going down the road or coming back from a meeting, and he'd look at me, and his eyes would moisten with tears. And Brother Charles would look at me, and he'd say, Brother Ken, do you see Jesus in my life? And he meant that. He, he was asking me, do you see Jesus in my life? He asked, if he asked me that once, he asked me that a dozen times. But I remember something else that you say to me quite often. And he would say this, and I've heard him say it time and time again. He said, I want to live in such a way that I can lay my head down on my pillow at night and know there's not one thing between me and God. He said, I want to live in such a way that I can face anybody on the face of this earth and they can't point one thing in my life that is wrong. I've heard him say that and express that desire time and time again. You see, that is the matter that Peter's talking about, or Jesus is talking about washing our feet so that we might be cleansed and forgiven. Why forgiven? One, to experience unbroken fellowship. Jesus said, Peter, if you don't wash your feet, you can't have no part with me. You can't have any fellowship with me. And Jesus telling Peter and teaching Peter that, Peter, you need to have your feet clean in order to have fellowship, to experience unbroken fellowship with God. We must seek forgiveness. Jesus talked about abiding. The word abide has the ideal of living in an unbroken fellowship. Experience unbroken fellowship with God, and second of all, to enjoy unhindered fellowship. There is no joy like the joy of being able to walk with God. And there are times God seems 100 miles away, but some of you know there are times that He seems as real as the skin on your body. It's, a, a bless, it's hard to put in words unless you have been there. That God is real. Though you do not see him, and though you do not hear an audible voice, he's, what he says to your heart is as loud as if he was sitting there beside you. And his presence is so real that it's almost as if you see it. It's a joy of being able to walk with Him and a joy of being able to have fellowship with God. It is a joy of being able to live in unhindered fellowship. Now that's what God wants for all of us. And for that reason, you've got to wash your feet every day. Every day of your life. You get up in the morning, you need to wash your feet. Daily devotions is a time to search your heart. 
I have adopted a method recently that has been a lot to my heart. And it's taken the book of Proverbs. And there are 31 chapters in reading the chapter that relates to the day. For example, the day is March, or not March, but uh, February. What is today? 29th? It's July the 3rd, I think. I don't know. I had this leap year and left year and whatever there. But take this, this day and read that chapter for that day. And I found that to be a real blessing. But it is a matter of living in unbroken fellowship, getting, washing your feet every day. Amen? Amen. Let's stand our feet, please. Take your prayer sheet. One of the things you learn as you grow in grace is that you cannot take sin lightly. It costs too much. I'm not talking about the chastening hand of God. It's what you miss. It's wash your feet every day. Wash your feet every day. Go home tonight and have a good foot washing. Our missionary of the week is Tommy Tillman, director of Harbor Evangelism International. And of course, Brother Tommy is one of our favorites. It's been several years since he's been with us. He works with the lepers and uh, has an amazing ministry. Let's remember Tommy Tillman. Our Church of the Week is Midway Baptist Church in Jamestown, North Carolina. Charles Muschen is the pastor, and many of you remember Charles. He's one of the preachers that comes to our Bible conference. He's a very quiet, backward boy. But uh, let's remember Charles. He's got a real heart for God. Cuts up all the time, but he has a real heart for God. Really does. And let's remember Charles tonight, Midway Baptist Church. And then in Park Ridge Hospital, Kenneth Long, they had to put him back today. Let's remember her. And then many, many others here. And, and I noticed here that Harvey Hogue had an uncle that passed away. Let's remember this family. And then several have asked, asked me about Sherry's mom. Sherry, she's up there this week with her mom. In fact, today is her mother's birthday. And, uh, but she is not doing well at all. They've called hospice in, and so uh, we don't feel like that uh, Miss Green will be here very long. So remember the family, be praying for them. All of you that will, let's come and gather around the altar. Do three things that we do every Wednesday night. One, let's pray for our missionary of the week. Let's pray for our church of the week. And then tonight, why don't you wash your feet when you come? Let's remember doing, yes. A lot of folks have been sick, and let's remember these. But why don't you tonight ask the Lord to wash your feet, that you might have fellowship with God. Father, tonight in Jesus' name, as we come to you, we come tonight to pray for Tommy Tillman. What a faithful servant of the Lord Brother Tommy has been through the years. What a miraculous ministry you've given him. And Father, a distinct calling, very obvious. But I pray you bless him as he works there among the lepers. To bless his ministry and his homes and all the things that he does in Thailand and around the world. Bless Brother Tommy, his family. Protect him and watch over him. And then Brother Charles in Midway Baptist in Jamestown. Bless Brother Charles and I. Thank you, Lord, for his friendship through these years. Father, I pray you touch him. I know that he has a lot of physical trouble, and I pray you touch his body. Bless his church. We thank you for the saints of God there at Midway. What a precious fellowship they are. Bless them, Lord, and I pray you bless their ministry. Let them just move forward and grow for the glory of God. 
And then our special request tonight, I pray you touch them and move upon them and bless them. And then, Father, tonight we pray to search our hearts. We want to have fellowship with you. We want to live in unbroken fellowship, unhindered fellowship. And I pray, Lord, tonight that you wash our feet. Help us, Lord, every day, Lord, through the day, to make this a priority of sitting down before you, letting you look at our hearts and search our hearts and pointing out the defilement that we pick up as we walk through this world. So, Father, tonight in Jesus' name, help us. Bless us tonight, Lord, and forgive us of our sin. Forgive us, Lord, of doing things that we know that is wrong. Father, forgive us for not doing the things that we know are right. Whatever we have done that has displeased you, Lord, forgive us tonight. Thank you, Lord, we confess our sins and that you are our advocate and that you'll cleanse us through the blood of Jesus Christ and restore our fellowship with you. So, Lord, tonight we wash our feet. And I pray, Lord, you'd help us to keep them clean that we might have fellowship with you. Now, Father, all the needs, thank you for what you're doing here. Father, thank you for the vision you've given us. Thank you for the vision you put in our leaders and throughout our church. I pray, Lord, you stir us about the work of God to be done. Be with our teachers now, Lord, as we go to our training classes. Help us tonight to learn about ministry. So bless and the Awana and all the other things that are going on. I pray your blessings upon them. So speak to hearts now and continue to work in our life. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's March the 1st, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> yeah, mercy. I got some timers, I know that. You're dismissed. Shake hands and fellowship as you leave. Let our visitors know how glad we are to have them tonight.